is Alexa Jago, and you're listening to the Movie Rage Show. It's time for the Movie Rage. Tonight's victim is actress and producer Alexa Jago, that has done many films such as Ted Bundy, Waterworld, and Witchcraft 3, Kiss of Death. Hello. Hi, how are you? Fantastic. So what have we been up to? Anything that you would like to share to us, what you'd be working on if you're allowed to? There's lots of things in development and writing, and also working on my slate deal, which is a sort of co-investment deal in studio films called Genesis, and um, working on the board of BAF for the British Academy of Film and Television Arts, of which I'm a member of the board, and trying to think of, of interesting things to do for all the members that doesn't involve producing other films and, and acting, but at the moment it's really sort of developing things because because of this period of time where nothing's being shot, or very few things being shot, things being shot at the moment. The British government has been fantastic in the fact that they've said that they'll give 500 million to films for insurance, for COVID insurance, and hopefully there'll be some sort of thing in America that helps productions in the same way. That's what we really need. I was talking to somebody from one of the major studios the other day, we were having lunch, and, and they were, they're very excited and, and encouraged. They think that the film industry, the, the theatrical film industry is going to bounce back in a big way, and that people have been stuck at home for so long watching TV that there might be a complete sway away from that and to going out and about. But obviously, the risk is the COVID insurance, so that's something that has to be worked and, and got and figured out by everybody. Now, the online streaming and everything else is still has been a big thing for quite a while now, even before all this happened, but how do you feel that when this is over with, everyone is really up and about, they don't need no masks or anything, having to go to the movie theater or anything like, do you think that's really going to be hurtful, not just to the theater, film theater, but also, do you think they might even change their way of even experiencing film, because now everything is, in fact, online-based everything is uh, streaming and this and that. Well, even I got into that. I mean, I, d- I didn't used to watch a lot at home, even though I do have a screening room, and so, but, so I, but I tend to watch films rather than TV, but I've been watching a lot of things streaming and a lot of shows like Fashion, which is, you know, fantastic, with Brian Cox, the British actor, who's amazing, and uh, Chernobyl, Jared Harris, who is amazing. So I put into all of that, but I'm hoping that we're basic social beings, aren't we? We're social beings, and we, we're going to want to go out. It's the, it's the most, it's the cheapest date that you can have to take somebody to a movie. I think there's still, I'm hoping that there'll still be a place for that, certain movies that you just want to see with other people, and you want to see on a, on a big screen, on a really big screen. You want to have that type of, like Kenneth, for instance, which has come out all over England. You want to be able to have that sound system and, and a communal experience because I love theatre. You know, my father was um, film, theatrical films. My father was used to escape it during World War Two and, and go in the back and watch the movies from America and he was always uh, in love with Hollywood and Hollywood movies even though he ended up being a theatre director but he was wanted to direct film and so I think the experience of film and going to a cinema I hope that will come back. can't imagine that the, the theatrical experience is going to go away. I just don't think it's going to go away. People are not going to want to just stay in their homes. I think it's quite a low amount of people that go to the cinema anyway. There are people that just stay and watch films at home. That percentage of people that do want that experience will want that experience again. When it comes to the work-wise as an artist, whether acting or producing, is getting less work, can, can it actually become less reflected toward artists themselves if they keep getting less work, or especially when it comes to this current event or even after it? you think that might affect them as far as work goes itself when they do get work? And lot of people have been really encouraged by this, but people who can afford to be. It's given people time to breathe to write, give them space to really use their imagination and, and figure out 
businesses they want to do and create their own content. I think there's quite a few artists this time has been a very creative time. You're preparing for the time when we can all go out and use these things that have been created and written uh, to make them into, into films and, and TV. We'll be seeing the uh, outcome of all the creative thoughts and imagining during this period. There's going to be a lot of content coming out of this period. Instead of running around all over the place, people have had time to you know think and create. Today's film is, of course, shifting in a different direction, which once things are, of course, still going to kick in gear again. With, with the current events, do you think exploitation will become more sterile, or do you think to the point where it's going to be irrelevant to that point, or do you think it's actually going to be a, a much different world than what we would assume? There's obviously going to be some major changes. It's not going to go back to where it was before. If there will be positive changes as well. I mean, the world is going to be different. I keep wanting it, thinking it'll go right back to the way it was, but I don't, I don't think that's true. And as people have had time to, to think, so we'll see what the movies coming out of this period will be like. And does that also give you a, a, a little bit of a foot in the door to also express your producing skills or even expand your acting quality of the craft as well? Yeah, I mean, once an actor, always an actor. So I always say that, that you know, acting, of course, I've, I've done many, many plays and in England and, and in America. I've done films as an actress and, and TV, and it's always a passion. The producing side of it is is being proactive and not just waiting to be hired and putting whole packages together and, and coming up with stories, and, and that's challenging. And, and a lot of them are very gratifying. Why did this film called Kilo 2 Bravo? It's called Kilo 2 Bravo in America and Jackie, the true story in England, and it's based on a true story. It's a feature film, but it's based on a true story story set in Afghanistan in 2006, where a group of paratroopers get stuck in a minefield, and it all goes terribly wrong. And we cast unknowns. There was no musical score. There was just a song right at the very end. So a lot of people watched it and thought that it was actually really happening, and they were really the soldiers. It's a fantastic story. I wish we'd been able to call it something like Band of Brothers, but Spielberg had already used that, because it's really just about the bond between the men and why they go to these extents to save themselves and do the things. Is it really the country, or is it really they're doing it for each other? And that meant a lot, so acting, and it's one thing, but being able to produce and bring that story, there are no women in that, because it was it's literally set out there in Afghanistan, and, and interviews with the soldiers were the basis of the script. A lot of the script is what they really did and what they really said. And it, that was very important to me. We were able to give money to charities like Combat Stress, which is for PTSD, to be able to be part of that and make that happen and tell that story it was great. So that, that meant a lot to me. Obviously, when you're doing creative stories that are just made up out of the imagination, like Waterworld, it's fun, it's great, and storytelling is obviously so important for everybody. But as a producer, to be able to tell a story of something that have really happened and let the world you know, the um, heroism of these guys and what they would do for their fellow soldier, like the medic, how he risked his life today, almost all of them, that meant a lot. And I would love my next project to have that kind of importance, that I really want that story to be told. But, I mean, because little stories and little films, not a little story, but a little film, a little British film, is great. And, and big films are great, too, and they completely have different roles within the marketplace. Being able to tell those important stories is 
As an artist, of course, always responsibility. There's always responsibility there, and there's so much of it in between or after during filmmaking as well. When it comes to a role, do you think like having to turn off that feeling after a role it can it can actually help that pressure or actually make it a strength uh, as far as continuing on to the next project or even a role or even producing itself or anything that you might be re- involved with? Just simply shut off, or do you feel like you can still keep that feeling on, like as if you have to keep that purpose rolling, otherwise you might not continue it. Well, I think I mean Kino Two Brothers, for instance. I had started a charity called Caring Well Health. I've been co-founder of a charity called Caring for Courage for the Royal Scots of Guard. So that came before the film. But then after the film, your sense of responsibility and your involvement in that story, in that reality of what soldiers do for their country and for each other, that's continued on. So, so now I, I'm helping special forces and special forces meaning SBS, the special boat services, which is sort of like your field team six. So in America, field team six, and in England, it's called special boat services. It's it's sort of the real James Bond. They they work their air, land, and sea, and there are only a, a couple of hundred of them in the entire country. It carries on to your sense of responsibility going on to your life after, even after the project is finished. Well, go ahead and plug in any websites or anything that you care to share that we can check out right now. So Waterworld was my first movie. That I, I, I've been doing theatre in England. I flew over here and auditioned for Waterworld. And then I, there was a whole slew of, of horror movies. With Detention was the first one that I produced actually. Detention with David Carradine. I was in it and also produced it. But David Carradine, this, this, as far as I know, that was his last fully completed film before he died. And Ted Bundy. I mean, fascinating to hear about that he was the first person to be called a serial killer and I played his wife um, because I think it was the first time that they had computers so they could track people from state to state. Whereas before that, one state might hear of and then another state wouldn't be linked to the system of the state before. So that's how they, they, they tracked him and um, that, that was DNA testing. I think he was one of the first people that that's how he was called. And that's a fascinating story, the psychological behind view. He did a series of interviews for the police that were taped that, that I saw where he was saying that he was going to help the police to solve murders and he could tell the police exactly how you kill somebody. And he was describing it just like he was making breakfast. You know, there was absolutely no emotion at all. You know, stand in the dark. Once they're past you, you can take them, get them into the car, knock them out, then take them to location number two. And it was so, so chilling and so bizarre that he described this as if it was nothing. There you have it, everybody. That is actress and producer Alexa Jago.